I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 25 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Happy Monday, y'all. I know that for many of you, this is a very, very happy, happy morning because you are probably enjoying your very first week of summer or you are getting really close. So if you are finishing up this week or next week, hang in there. But I know so many of you are settling into your new summer routine. And if you are anything like me, then as soon as summer hits, you turn off your alarm and you live for the mornings. I always loved having a few extra hours of sleep. I loved being able to have an extra cup of coffee while I watched the Today Show, which was always my morning news show of choice. My husband called it the entertainment show, but I call it news. And I know you are probably scheduling all sorts of fun, whether it is lunch dates with girlfriends or reading books by the pool in the afternoon, or you're thinking of doing some extra shopping or planning a summer vacation, whatever it is, you are enjoying having some extra time. And look, you totally deserve it. You worked so hard this last year. But while all of that summer fun is happening, I know that you are probably also already, literally day one of vacation, starting to think ahead to next school year. You might be going to Pinterest or doing some extra blog research to look for new engagement strategies, or maybe you have gone to your local library and you have checked out a bunch of extra picture books and you are trying to make your list of your favorite mentor texts to use for all of the different reading strategies that you're going to teach next year. Or maybe you have pulled out your planner and you're starting to come up with a new schedule for your literacy block. And you are probably making plans to learn as much as you can during the summer because you are determined to make this next school year amazing, which is why I love you. You guys are so committed to being coming stellar reading teachers, and I am here for it. 
which is why I am super excited to be launching our Stellar Teacher Summer Series. Sounds fun, right? Trust me, it's going to be. For the next five weeks, we are putting together a bunch of great content that is including bonus podcast episodes, a new Facebook group, free trainings, fun giveaways, and so many other things that are going to help you become equipped, empowered, and excited to teach reading this next school year. So if you are looking for a little extra support and a stellar community to engage with over the next five weeks, then I want to make sure that you check out the show notes after listening to this episode, which I promise I will get to in a minute. And today's content is going to be so good. But in the show notes, you're going to be able to download the calendar for our Stellar Teacher Summer Series, as well as to get the link for our new Facebook group, Upper Elementary Reading Teachers. And before I jump in today's episode, I just want to give you a little bit of a preview of what is going to be happening each week of our summer series. So Mondays are going to be our normal podcast episodes, just like always. And then every Wednesday, I'm doing what I call Workshop Wednesdays. And each Wednesday inside my Facebook group, I'm going to be doing a free training that is going to be teaching you about one part of the reading workshop model. So if you've never used the reading workshop model, or if you've used it and you want to continue to grow and refine it, each week I'll be doing a training on one part of it. And then Thursdays, we're doing what I call Quick Tip Thursdays. And this is going to be our bonus podcast episode of the week. And they're going to be shorter episodes, probably around eight to 10 minutes. And the goal is for me to do a deep dive with some real quick actionable tips on one specific topic that's connected to Monday's episode, but goes a little bit deeper. And then we're going to end our week with First Look Fridays. And each Friday during our summer series, I'm going to be releasing a new reading product line that is going to help you have a stellar reading block. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview, show you kind of what it is, teach you how to use it. And all of this is going to be happening inside my new Facebook group, Upper Elementary Reading Teachers. So again, hope you'll check out the show notes, grab the link, join us. I'm super excited about all of the things that are going to be going on during our summer series. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, then you know that I just love talking about all things literacy with you guys. And I am so super excited to give you a little extra love, encouragement, and support during our summer series. So Be sure you join us. And now let's go ahead and jump right into today's topic, which just happens to be all about reading workshop. So I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about how my first few years of teaching, I was handed a basal reading program and I was told, follow this program and this is how you teach reading. So I had my teacher's manuals. I had my student basal readers. I had the workbook and that's what I used. And it didn't take me long into using the basal reading program to realize that this to me felt really boring and it was kind of boring for my students and it was very repetitive but not repetitive in a good way and i also didn't find that it was helping my students grow as readers because it was a pre-boxed curriculum which means that i found myself supplementing a lot trying to not only appeal to my students interests but also trying to give them reading experiences that were at their levels both whether they were below grade level or above grade level and so it just didn't seem like it was working for me so after a couple years i started to do some research on how to teach reading and i discovered the reading workshop model Immediately, when I started hearing people talk about it and I was reading about it, I was both intrigued and interested and also excited about this idea of trying something new. And so if you are not familiar with what Reading Workshop is, let me just give you a really quick rundown. Now, first of all, 
Reading Workshop is a framework for teaching reading. It is not the curriculum. So this is not necessarily what you are teaching, but it is how you teach reading to your students. It is the way that you set up and structure your reading block. Most reading workshop blocks are 60 minutes, or at least that's what they recommend. Now, you can do it in less time. You can also make it last longer. And the other thing to think about is that reading workshop is one part of your entire reading block or your entire literacy block, because you probably still have things like you want to read aloud to your students. Maybe you are teaching vocabulary, or if you're the entire ELA teacher, obviously you have to find time for things like grammar and spelling and writing. And the workshop, reading workshop, is just one portion of your entire literacy block or your entire reading block. So what this framework is, is during the 60 minutes, the first 10 minutes is your mini lesson, which is your whole group instruction. This is where you're introducing a new skill or strategy to your students for the first time. And yes, you can be effective with teaching a new piece of content in just 10 minutes. And we'll be talking about that later in this summer. And then the majority of reading workshop is spent where students are engaged in independent reading. And in an ideal reader's workshop in upper elementary, you should be giving your students 40 to 45 minutes a day of independent reading. Now, part of the reason why we want this time to be so long is because we really do want to give students enough time to practice all of those new skills that you're teaching them during your mini lesson. But during this 45 minutes of independent reading, this is also when you as the teacher are doing reading conferences, you are providing small group instruction, whether it's guided reading or strategy lessons, you're letting kids do book clubs, and it is just one of the times where it's really where students make a lot of growth and progress because they are getting a chance to actively apply what you're teaching them, and you have that chance to support them. So the 45 minutes of independent reading really does take up the majority of the reading block. And then at the very end, you're going to spend five, maybe 10 minutes to close out your workshop. And it is so important to provide closure. You want to make sure that you review and restate what you taught during your mini lesson and give a chance for students to share whether what it is that they're reading or what they're practicing. And so often we skip this part of the lesson, not just in reading, but in all lessons. And I love that reading workshop really does talk about how important it is to have five minutes at the end for closure. So a little bit later in this episode, I am going to dig into each part of the reading workshop model. But first, I really want to take a little bit of time and talk about why the workshop model is so effective and why it is something that you really want to consider incorporating into your reading block next year. The number one reason why I love using Reading Workshop is the fact that it is so student-centered. And ultimately, that's really what we want our instruction to be, focused on our students. Reading Workshop prioritizes having students do the work. If you think about it, 45 minutes of the Reading Workshop model, students are spent in independent reading. This means that 75% of your reading block gives students the chance to read, to think, to respond, and to work on all of those skills and strategies that you taught them. And most reading blocks, students don't get this much time in actual texts. And so the fact that Reading Workshop prioritizes student work is really one of the reasons why I absolutely love it. But not only that, it also prioritizes using authentic texts. And I understand sometimes why schools have basal reading programs, and I understand like, you know, why we have those reading textbooks and all of those things. But Really, there is so much room and space for students to be able to read real picture books and real chapter books and have 
real texts as a way to learn how to read. And so if you are using the workshop model, then this means that the majority of your mini lessons are using real picture books to teach your students the reading skills. And during your mini lesson, even though it is short, you are going to be showing your students how to apply a specific skill or strategy like asking questions or making inferences. And you're going to do so by using a familiar picture book. And so it doesn't feel like it's, I don't know, it doesn't really feel like it's learning necessarily because there's no textbooks. There's no workbooks. It is simply here is a book that we have read before. And I want to show you a strategy on how you can better understand it. And students love this. They love having access to real texts. And so I love that that is just one of the staples of reading workshop. So rather than just using an anchor chart or a PowerPoint presentation to teach your students how to apply something and those things you still can use in the reading workshop, but really the anchor of the mini lesson is using an actual text to show students how to use that strategy. Another reason why I love reading workshop is the fact that it gives students choice It gives students choice in so many different ways. Every day, students get to choose the type of text that they want to read and really how they want to respond. And, you know, not only that, depending on how you set up your workshop model, students might also get to read where they sit during reading workshop. Maybe they get to decide who their partner is going to be for the turn and talk during your mini lesson. Students might get to choose if they're going to participate in a strategy group or not. They get to choose you know, what reading response activities they're going to do. And so there's so much choice that is naturally built into reading workshop. And if you have been listening to my podcast for a while, then you have heard me say that choice is one of the easiest and most effective ways to increase engagement, which is going to lead to an increase in comprehension. And reading workshop naturally gives students choice. And then really the final reason, and not the only, but these are kind of my top four, but another reason why I really love using Reading Workshop and why it is so effective is that it provides students with small bite-sized bits of instruction that they can actually apply and see results with. And so often, you know, if you think about a lot of times our whole group instruction, it is filled with a lot of teacher talk and it can be us trying to teach our students this huge, giant, you know, concept, even if it's something like making connections, we try to teach our students to make connections in four different ways. You can make text to self connections and text to text connections and text to world and all of these things. And sometimes trying to teach our students all about one thing in one time can be overwhelming. But when we use the workshop model and we use a mini lesson and we are confined to only having eight to 10 minutes for our whole group instruction, we are forced to provide our students and teach them with one small bite-sized strategy at a time. And when we do that, our students realize that they can take that one small thing that we taught them and they can practice applying that to their reading block. And when students practice applying small bite-sized strategies day after day after day, they start to see huge growth in their reading. And so it becomes doable for them, which is so great. So if you have never used Reading Workshop or if you never thought about it, These are some reasons why it is so effective. And so I would strongly encourage you to consider using the workshop model for your reading block this next year. Hey, teachers, I'm going to go ahead and take a wild guess and say many of you are already planning for the upcoming school year. You may be scrolling through Pinterest looking for fresh and fun reading lesson ideas, or maybe you're spending more of your own money on fluffy resources that won't actually pay off. Hashtag teacher life, right? Well, I've been there, and that's why I have a better idea for you. Enter the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership. My membership is a resource library that will totally transform the way you teach reading. 
With an extensive resource library, planned lessons, coaching support, and an incredible community, you'll never waste time searching for ways to enrich your reading block again. Doors are open July 12th and will only be open for one week. Head to stellarteacher.com slash waitlist for more details. I'll see you on the inside. And hey, until then, get out there and enjoy your summer. Okay, so let's dig a little bit deeper into the parts of reading workshop. And like I said earlier, during my summer series, I'm going to be doing some free trainings on all parts of this. So if even after today's podcast, you are thinking, I need more help with a mini lesson or more help with independent reading, then be sure to join us in our Facebook group, Upper Elementary Reading Teachers, and I will be answering all of your questions about anything related to teaching reading this next year. But the first part of reading workshop is your mini lesson, and this is simply your whole group instruction. And so first of all, I kind of like to think, what do teachers typically do for their whole group instruction? And a lot of times, if you are using a basal reader, then you are going to read aloud an entire shared text out of your teacher's manual or your student textbooks. And this might mean that it is a 30 to 45 minute whole group lesson. Maybe you are walking kids through either a PowerPoint or you're showing them examples of the specific skills. And a lot of times there is a lot of teacher talk. At least when I first started teaching reading, there was a lot of teacher talk during my whole group lessons, which it makes sense. You are the one that is guiding the lesson. You are the one that's doing the teaching. So of course you're gonna be talking. And the longer your whole group lesson is, the more teacher talk there is. And usually during these typical reading lessons, the whole group lessons cover a lot of content or it tries to teach students to comprehend an entire story. So why is the mini lesson approach better? Well, first of all, it's short. It's just 10 minutes. And because it is so short, we're limiting the teacher talk and we are also limiting the amount of content that we're teaching students. It focuses literally on just one bite-sized strategy or focus skill that your students can immediately apply. So if your whole group lesson is short, that means students are going to have more time to actually engage in the independent practice. And if your whole group lesson is short, there is going to be less teacher talk and more time for students to do the work, which we want students to be reading if we want them to become readers. And then here's the other thing. If your whole group lesson is short, you're not going to be tempted to overteach. If you know you only have 10 minutes, you are going to be very focused on the one thing you are teaching rather than trying to cram in a bunch of other stuff. I think part of the reason why mini lessons can feel challenging for teachers is that I feel like we have this idea in education that students should master something the very first time we teach it, which is why I think teachers have this tendency to want to overteach during whole group lessons. And you want to be confident that your students understand what you're teaching and you want to make sure that you've explained everything. But if you start to teach from this place of, I have the entire year to get my students to mastery and I'm not expecting them to master it the first time I teach it, you start to realize that your students don't have to master something after you teach it one time. And really, it's kind of silly that we expect that. If you really think about it, the whole purpose of a mini lesson is simply to introduce students to a new strategy, skill, or habit, or behavior so that they can practice it during their independent practice. And you as the teacher can help them reinforce it during small groups, during guided reading, during reading conferences. And so we have until the end of the year for them to learn this skill. And so it doesn't matter if our lesson is short and if every student doesn't get it after this 10-minute lesson because they're going to have a long time to practice it. So mastery never happens during whole group instruction, which is why we really don't want it to take up the majority of our reading block. 
which is why I love that during reading workshop, students get 45 minutes every day to actually read, which is going to help them practice mastering those reading skills that you do teach them. So the next part of reading workshop is independent reading, or this is really your independent practice. And of course, simultaneously, this is when small groups and reading conferences are going to happen, um, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But I want you to think about what do teachers typically do for independent practice? And a lot of teachers will do reading centers and not that reading centers are necessarily bad, but I do want you to consider how independent reading might be a better option. And I actually do have a podcast episode coming up that talks about some of the problems that exist with reading centers. And one of the things that I think makes reading centers challenging from a teacher perspective is that first of all, there's a lot to manage both in terms of materials and organization. But a lot of times the reading centers that we have our students engage in they don't necessarily involve real reading. Students sometimes will be working on isolated skills and maybe they're doing a cut and paste or they're doing a sorting activity or they're doing some sort of you know matching thing or they're playing a game. And not that any of those things are bad, but a lot of times those isolated activities don't involve real reading and they make it difficult for students to actually transfer those skills to their reading. If we want our students to be able to apply the skills that we teach them during the mini lesson to their independent reading, then they need to actually practice applying those skills to their independent reading every single day. Before I jump on my pro independent reading platform, let me talk about another form of independent practice that isn't always effective. A lot of times teachers will want to give students independent practice in the form of a reading passage or a worksheet, and they want to have kids practice the same thing at the same time. And let me tell you, I have done this before, and I also realize that sometimes if you're in the middle of test prep season or if there's a sub or just in some instances, this is your best option, but we want to avoid having this be the only form of independent practice that our students get. For a couple of reasons. First of all, if every single student is doing the exact same thing, there is no choice involved. And it also means that for some students, it's going to be incredibly difficult and challenging because whatever you are giving them, it is way above their reading level. And for a whole other group of students, it is going to be really easy and they're probably going to be bored because it's going to be way below their reading level. So anytime we give students generic, (laughs) the same exact assignment for independent practice, we are going to lose them both from an engagement standpoint, but also from a content standpoint, because it's going to not be fully accessible to all of our students. So this is why independent reading is a better, dare I say, the best choice, because for a couple of reasons. Now, first of all, the only way for students to really get better at reading is for them to actually read. I know that you guys really want your students to become lifelong readers. You want them to fall in love with books. You want them to be the people that are listening to audiobooks on their car rides and they're downloading books on their Kindles and they're going to Barnes and Noble and the library. This is what we want for our students as reading teachers. But the thing is, is we need to give them an opportunity to practice that at even such a young age. And this is really what I have realized throughout my entire teaching career is that Not all of our students are going to have parents who read to them at home, whether they have parents that are working long hours, or maybe it is that they don't even have access to books or the internet to even have their kids listen to books. And so just the reality of it is, is not all of our students have a home that prioritizes literacy 
or reading. And a lot of our kids don't have the ability to go to libraries or buy books on their own. And so if you think about it, if we truly want to help our students become lifelong readers, then one of the best things that we can do for them is to let them read real books that they choose for themselves every single day in our classrooms, because we can't assume that they're going to get that opportunity at home. Here are some of the reasons why I love independent reading if I haven't convinced you already. Now, first of all, like I said earlier, during independent reading, kids are the ones that are doing the work. They are thinking, they are self-monitoring, they are writing, they are asking questions. And this means that if they are doing all of these things that are involved in the reading process, then they are engaged. And if they are engaged, they are growing as readers. The other thing I love about independent reading is that students get to self-select their books. And when they are choosing books, they are going to choose books that they will enjoy reading. And if they enjoy reading, they are going to have a more positive experience with it. And they're going to be more likely to want to read at home or want to read later in the school day or during the summer or on the weekends, whenever it is. But it's going to just help build that idea of I love reading because I'm getting to choose something that appeals to my interests. The other thing is when we give students 45 minutes of uninterrupted reading time, we are actually really giving them an opportunity to grow and develop a love of reading. I mean, I think about sometimes in my own reading life, if I'm starting a new book and I only have five to 10 minutes to read and then I have to stop and go on to do something else and every day, the only time that I have to read is five to 10 minutes, I'm never really gonna fall in love with that book because it's choppy, it's broken up. I never really get into the storyline. But if I can sit down and actually read a book for 45 minutes, I'm gonna become obsessed with that book. I'm gonna be some so intrigued and excited about it. I'm gonna wanna come back to it. But in order for our students to become real readers, they have to have time to really get into that reading experience. That's another reason. And here's another thing that sometimes isn't always talked about, but let's be honest, guys. The other huge benefits of independent reading is the fact that for you as a teacher, it is incredibly easy to plan. You don't have to constantly come up with new center ideas or activities. You don't have to make copies of passages or assignments. You simply have to have a library filled with books and you have to teach your students how to check them out and how to read them independently. And that you can do. So you will really save a ton of time planning if you decide to incorporate independent reading into your reading block this next year. So while your students are independently reading, you are simultaneously pulling small groups, which is another reason why I love that there is 45 minutes built into the reading workshop model for students to independently read, because that means every single day you get 45 minutes to pull small groups or do reading conferences or have some combination. And 45 minutes, that means you can do at least two small groups and at least one or two reading conferences every single day, which is absolutely awesome. And once I started researching and learning more about reading workshop, I really discovered that there are so many more options than just guided reading when it comes to supporting students' reading growth. And one of the forms of small group instruction that I loved doing was strategy groups because you can really pick students that need help with just one or two of the strategies that you've taught and quickly provide them with that sort of intervention or support and then let them go back to their independent reading. And so I would regularly incorporate strategy groups along with guided reading lessons and reading conferences. And during this time, you also can have your student book clubs going. So students might not 100% of the time be in independent reading. They might also obviously be coming to your table for small group instruction, or they might be having a book club or doing a reading conference, but it really gives you as a teacher plenty of time to support your students. And of course, it gives your students plenty of time to practice growing in those reading skills. 
ultimately, every day, you're going to have 45 minutes to figure out what do your students need in terms of your support, and then you get to provide that, whether it's through strategy groups, guided reading lessons, reading conferences, whatever you decide works best for you and your students. The last thing I want to talk about is the closure part of reading workshop. And this is really just meant to take five minutes. First of all, let's talk a little bit about what do teachers typically do for lesson closures? And here's the problem, guys. We a lot of times don't. I mean, at least I know I really struggled with it when I was in the classroom. And I don't know if you were anything like me, but a lot of times my lesson closures would be something like this. Oh my gosh, you guys, look at the time. We're late for gym class. Close up your books. We'll talk about this later. Let's go. Or like, oh my gosh, we have to hurry up. Recess started. Come on, let's go. We'll finish this up later. Clear off your desks. Line up. And if we think about that, that's not really a good way to wrap up a lesson. And I remember my students would constantly say things like, hey, are we ever going to go back and talk about fill in the blank? Because you said we were going to and we never did. So our students need to have that closure at the end of our lessons. This is really for all lessons, but especially for reading. And so the closure part of reading workshop, it is very quick. It takes just five minutes. And during the five minutes, you are simply going to bring all of your students. I always like to bring them back to the carpet, even the big kids. They like to come down, sit on the carpet. That's usually where we do our mini lesson. And during this five-minute closure, you simply get to review what you taught during the mini lesson. You can restate your teaching point and just remind them one more times of why this skill is going to help them or how it's going to help them during their independent practice. And you can also give them a preview of what is to come tomorrow. Let them know tomorrow we're going to continue this conversation and be talking about whatever it is. It helps students close out this tab that is open in their brain. They can kind of, you know, put closure to it. Think about it in this way. My husband always gets on me for doing this. But if you think about your phone, when you have all of those apps open, it slows down. I am always telling my husband, oh my gosh, my phone is so slow or whatever. And he's like, how many apps do you have open? And I'll open it up. And there's like 45 apps that are open. And when I close them all down, it tends to work a little bit better. And really the same is true with our lessons. If we never really close out a lesson, our students have a lot of open tabs in their brains or on their learning journeys. And Providing closure helps them file away the new learning and they realize that they have learned something new. It sort of just provides, like I said, this closure so that they can come back to it the next time the tab has been closed. So take just a few minutes, review what you taught, let students talk about how they practice it, let them share a book that they read and give a preview for what's to come. Okay, so you really have just had your first crash course in what reading workshop is, why it's effective and all the important parts of the reading workshop model. Let me just close with a quick reminder. I used the reading workshop model for many, many years in my classroom, and I absolutely loved it. And I would also say that this framework for how I taught reading is the reason why my students were so successful. But with everything in teaching, there is room for flexibility, creativity, and there is space for you to make it work in the exact way that is going to benefit you and your students. And I know sometimes, especially if this is new for you, teachers are going to say things like, well, I don't have enough time for reading workshop. I have a short block anyways, or I have to use a basal. My school, you know, it's it's a requirement, so I can't use the workshop model. Or I have to do reading centers, and so I can't do independent reading, so there's no point in me trying to do the workshop model. But all of these objections are simply objections that you can overcome. You can still make the workshop model work for you and your students. Now, it might just look a little bit different than what I described in this episode, but it can still work. And the components and the elements, even if you're not using all of them, but the mini lessons, the independent reading, and the closure are going to be helpful. So even if you have to shorten them, condense them, not do them every single day, it is still going to help your students. Okay, 
I hope you will grab the schedule for our Stellar Teacher Summer Series in the show notes, and I hope to see you this Wednesday inside our Upper Elementary Reading Teachers Facebook group, where I'm going to be doing a deep dive into the mini lesson portion of the reading workshop, and I am just super excited for all of the awesome reading conversations we are going to have this summer. So I know that we are going to chat again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at stellarteacher.com. I'll see you back here next week.